Hello, you're listening to C to Z Movies. My name is Colin. I'm the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello. Uh, yeah, I'll be leaving hot old Britain for hot old Malaysia yeah. in a matter of hours, really. Hours, right. <laughs> what, um, well, I'm assuming Malaysia is still hotter than here, is it? It is, but we have air conditioning. But yeah. I'm literally roasting to death in my, my <laughs> apartment right now. It's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, no, I've I've been in your uh, apartment recently, and it is it's a warm place to be on a hot day. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, scorching, and it's not it's not fun. It's not fun. What's with all this double glazing, man? Like, I know, <laughs> I, I I know, like I won't complain about it come winter time, and sure. that my energy bills are low and all that. But seriously, in summer, it's like oh. Yeah, no, our, our houses are not designed for. <laughs> For this kind of heat, absolutely. No. absolutely. What's your place like anyway? Is it hot now? I face the, the room I'm in now is facing north, so in the mornings it's fine, and by the afternoon it gets quite warm. Oh. Um, so at the moment we're recording, uh, we're recording bright and early on a Saturday morning. It, well, I say bright and early. It's not that early. But we're recording on a Saturday morning, and it's it's perfectly pleasant at the moment. But uh, later in the day, I get warmer. And when I go to the the wedding of Katie and Aaron uh, this evening in a full suit and tie and all this, I think I will be dying. <laughs> you know have you ever considered wearing a kilt to the wedding uh no i think and this is going to alienate some of our listeners i think people who wear kilts to weddings are all just massive show-offs wow that's uh, <laughs> what i'm saying i don't know you get if you're actually scottish right, the number of people who suddenly discover scottish heritage is like yeah well, actually my great great grandfather was scottish so i'm gonna wear a kilt it's like grow up wear a suit that's my view We've just lost like 50% of our We've <laughs> lost a lot of these. Anyhow, uh, I apologise to anyone who is wearing a kilt. Actually, no, I don't. I stand by it. <laughs> Wear some trousers, man. Uh, anyhow, um, today we're talking about the top 10 best films, beginning with the letter I. Letter I. Um, we're also doing uh, a quiz on the films by Dayton and Farris, of which yep. there are only three, it turns out. Yep. <laughs> um, so that should be nice and easy. We're looking at uh, Oscar winner, A Man for All Seasons, and much, much, much more. more. We start as we always do with some movie news. Sijan, mm. uh, have you had your ear to the ground? Yeah, the biggest news, of course, is the Batgirl movie is no more. It's, yeah, this is a shock. It is a shock because uh, I don't know when it was due to release. I think later this year, maybe, or next year. But next, yeah, next it, year, I think. Yeah. It has a budget of like more than. 70 million dollars and just like that they're not just they're just going to show it yeah so i think it was already supposed to come out on hbo max which we don't have over here but i think that's the plan in america and yeah it's a, it's a number of, i mean the, the scoop sequel no one seems to care too much about has also been cancelled <laughs> yeah um, but yeah who cares but this this was quite a big pillar in the dc uh universe it was gonna have michael keaton in it, it was gonna have uh, Brendan Fraser Les- Brendan Fraser is the villain uh, Leslie Grace um, from In the Heights was going to be uh, obviously starring as, as Batgirl and it, yeah it's mostly finished and Zijan you and I both work in finance yep. but I don't really understand uh, American tax affairs um, yep. I don't really understand corporate tax affairs brilliantly but apparently uh, not releasing this film is a, makes a tax write off which is financially good news apparently huh um, so the so I, on the one hand, yeah, a film that you've I've, I've heard the figure ninety million dollars, but I don't know if that's wow true. But um, I figure you spend that kind of money on just yeah, a film just not being released at all seems dumb. But apparently, for I tax mean, like, reasons, could be worth doing it. If they're looking to hire some people who are not actors, yes, <laughs> to be in a film which they're not going to show, yeah. and 
pay us like a million dollars <laughs> each. I mean, I'm happy for that, right? I mean, I, I'm slightly offended by your description as me of uh, not an actor. I, think, um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen me on the Bristol stage. These um, <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's a weird one because word coming out of the studio was that it was irredeemable. But I mean, a film being really bad has never stopped DC from releasing it before. <laughs> So it's really difficult to know what's really going on here. Oh, what a burn, what a burn. Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, the, the Flash movie is still happening, right? So Well, apparently. But, but it's such a shame. And Leslie Grace, I think, great in, in the Heights. It was, this was such a huge step for her. And the studio said, oh, we, we love Leslie Grace. We love the directors. We'd love to work with them again. It's like, well, why on earth would they ever work with you again? That's, mm. Yeah, I don't... My, the only other option, and I'm not usually this cynical... Uh, could be it's a marketing ploy to get lots of people saying, "Oh, we all want to see this, want to see this." So that a bit, a bit like Snyder Cut in some ways, that you'll get um, so much groundswell behind it, they'll release it eventually. But I don't know. I, I, surely at some point, I don't know if we're going to get the movie, but something's going to be leaked, isn't it? I mean, some extended. It should do right. Come on, uh, but I, yeah, it's just all your effort goes to nothing, really. Yeah. What a what a mess DC's in. Apparently, they want to go in down the route of shared universe again, but that, they messed that up so badly before. And they were just getting things right with with Joker, with the Batman, kind of with the Suicide Squad. They were doing kind of just, un, just, just, unconnected just, or slightly connected. And yeah, just get Grant Gustin back as the Flash. Yeah, that seems to be a popular uh, fan request. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to... I mean, maybe they'll make him the star, but I thought he'd be quite tired now. He's been playing The Flash for nine years or something. Yeah, quite a bit, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear DC. Uh, here's, here's, here's a strange piece of news. Agent. So last time we talked about uh, uh, Ivan Drago, Ivan Drago, the um, yep. the spin-off movie from the, the Rocky franchise that was, or the, I think described as the Creed spin-off, uh, that might be coming. Didn't think uh, hugely about it, and then not long after we recorded, uh, Sylvester Stallone got involved. I don't know if huh. you've seen this, and these are no a couple of Instagram posts that have um, since been deleted, uh, and they're so <laughs> odd. I'm going to read them in full, if you don't mind. Yeah, go on. Um, so the, the first one, another heartbreaker, just found this out. Once again, this pathetic 94-year-old producer and his moronic, useless vulture children, Charles and David, are once again picking clean the bones of another wonderful character I created without even telling me. I apologise to the fans. I never wanted Rocky characters to be exploited by these parasites. By the way, I have nothing but respect for my true friend, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, and then I think, wow. uh, maybe a day later, after Erwin Winkler and family suck Rocky dry, presumed to be the most hated, untalented, decrepitude, it's not a word, uh, producer in Hollywood and his cowardly children have found their next meal. Drago, return my rights, bloodsuckers. Throughout history, so many artists in every industry, recording, painting, writing, you name it, have been destroyed by these bloodsuckers who have destroyed so many families, lining their pockets with other people. Dolph, why? Not a phone call? Hashtag parasite producers, hashtag exploited artists, victims. That's insane. <sighs> That's unexpected. So Owen Winkler, um, Winkler, he's produced every single Rocky and Creed film. Yeah. Um, he owns the rights, it seems, to, to Rocky the rocky characters uh so when this was announced yeah sly didn't know anything about it um and i mean legally he hasn't got a leg to stand on it seems he no, doesn't he doesn't own, he doesn't own the rights so he can't do much about it um he's previously said can you give me the rights before before you die <laughs> um but uh yeah to not even talk to him about 
announcing a, a film spin-off that features a character he created seems poor form. Oh, you say the tweets have been removed though, right? He has deleted them, yes. I don't know if there's any, at least I couldn't find them today. Um, cause ah. I, I wanted to check because I, I took screenshots when they come out and I tried to find them again today and I couldn't. Uh, but yeah, it's so whether someone's made a phone call and is like, listen, calm down. Because what confused me was this once again. Because I think surely he didn't object to the Creed films because he was in them. He got, I think, he got Oscar nominated for one of them. <laughs> uh, he wouldn't feel that was something he was against. Uh, that's so it's yeah. quite sad though to be think uh, think about it because I mean Rocky is literally Sly's creation right so yeah and you hear yeah. about this kind of thing much more in the music industry where I mean Taylor Swift had this big thing didn't she where her music was sold off and every, yeah. every, every the Beatles and every artist really well, every artist lots of artists but in, in movies it seems a lot less common I don't so I don't know whether he sold off the rights at some point or I mean he was very very poor when he when that film was first the first film was made i think he'd, he'd had just had to sell his dog because he had no money for food and, yeah exactly um, so, so whether he signed a terrible deal when he did the first rocky i don't know wow well that's that's rough yeah rough so yeah. um i think we can expect not to see uh not to see rocky appear in that film no no uh oh well um in much lighter news mm-hmm. <laughs> um your favorite actor Tom Cruise uh, yes. and his uh, and his favorite director Christopher McQuarrie are looking to collaborate more for Lo- in other films. More. Yeah, yeah. So the, apparently, there's a future action movie that apparently is going to be gnarlier. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that that was being used. Uh, there's going to be a movie musical, and we know Tom Cruise has been a movie musical before. Mm. With good old Rock of Ages, um, and apparently something around uh, his Tropic Thunder character as well. Uh, so lots of speculation, nothing concrete. Yeah, uh, so who knows? Yeah, so um, taking those in reverse order, Len Grossman was the character he played in, in Tropic Thunder. He was very funny. I thought he was great, but uh, wouldn't support a whole film, I don't think. No. Um, so whether it's a spin-off featuring him or, or, or starring him or whether it's him reappearing in other things, who, who knows. Also, the, the rumour was that he was based on Harvey Weinstein, so it seems um, uh, possibly not a great move. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think about this musical? Uh, I mean, it could work. Hmm. I, I don't see why it shouldn't. It wouldn't. I mean, I mean, he he was great in Rock of Ages. Yeah, he's got a good voice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I can see it working. I'd be I'd be excited by that. I'm the one that surprises me the most is this this new action franchise they want to start because I the kind of the rumor maybe it was more in hope than anything else had been that uh, after Mission Impossible Eight he basically move away from action and start doing more dramatic roles mm. uh, which is how he got his start really and what he was doing a lot of the 80s and, and early 90s uh, but if he's kicking off another franchise action franchise at the age of what 55 or whatever he is now 60 I don't know mm. um, that's that's surprising so <laughs> we shall see what any of the, what happens to any of these I, mean, I, I would be surprised if they all three go ahead because I suppose they're all quite an early stage, aren't they? But yeah. yeah, very early. I mean, the new Mission Impossible isn't even out yet, and there are two of them. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> finally. Yeah. And I suspect there'll be another Top Gun because the, the previous one was so well received. I'd, I'd be surprised if there isn't something. They're not at least working on that. Although, yeah. and I, Chris McQuarrie didn't direct that. He might have been a producer on that. I think. Mm. Yeah. Well, Tom Tom Cruise will have work for a long time. He'll be still. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, um, we're getting a uh, a Pac-Man movie, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Um, we are getting an Eternals 2 movie maybe as well. Well, that's a rumor according to Patton Oswalt. Um, although I'm not sure when they'll come in, knowing that we have the Marvel slates uh, being yeah. listed at SDCC. So no idea when they'll slot in, if it's going to happen, really. It does seem... I wonder if Patton Oswalt is the kind of guy who would just say it to try and get the fans excited. Because it didn't feel like we were getting an Eternals 2 movie. No. <laughs> and, I mean, I know that they seem to be going down the route more now of trusting directors to come back. So Taika Waititi, John Watts, um, uh, Ryan Coogler. So it kind of... Actually, is Ryan Coogler doing Black Panther 2? I think so. I think he is. Um, yes, it's Creed Three. He's not doing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So I can, if they're doing it, I would imagine they would bring back Chloe Zhao. But this is surprising news, <laughs> if it's yep, true. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I know, I know Patton Oswalt was in the post credits, so it doesn't feel like he'd be the first one they rang. No. Yeah. So it's it's just on a rumor mill. Who knows where this will go? I think he played twins in Agents of Shield. If I remember and right. he was Modok as well. Of course he was. Of course he was. Um, although probably not going to be in Ant-Man, is he? Or maybe he is. I don't know. Mm. Uh, speaking of Slates, Jenny <laughs> Slate is one of the many actors um, who is joining uh, The Electric State. The Electric State is going to be a Netflix movie. It's Russo Brothers back again. Uh, it's a sci-fi movie set in the, in the future where uh, there's lots of robots and um, it stars Millie, Bo- Millie Bobby Brown and Chris Pratt, the audience you were going to be in it. She uh, gets a message from her lost brother via a robot and discovers a underworld with conspiracies and what have you. Uh, but so we already knew Millie Bobby, yeah, Millie Bobby Brown and Chris Pratt were going to be in it. Uh, they're joined by Brian Cox, uh, Stanley Tucci, Jenny Slate, and Malaysia's own Michelle Yeoh. Woohoo! Uh, yeah. I mean, we weren't that impressed with the most recent Russo Brothers outing on Netflix. No, man. No. So, I'm not uh, putting high hopes on this one either. Uh, yeah, it's one of the Netflix's. Uh, it's one of Netflix's thing again. Like, unless Netflix comes out with something better, <laughs> I mean, their their yeah. original slate of films hasn't been very inspiring recently. No, that's that's very fair. That's very fair. This, this is based on a book, but then so is Grey Man was as as well. Hmm. Um, has Michelle Bobby Brown Millie Bobby Michelle Brown Michelle Bobby Brown <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes the, the combination of uh, has Millie Bobby Brown like signed some sort of Netflix contract I only ever, I only ever see her doing Netflix things yeah I think yeah I think that's sensible right? I mean she got her breakout from Stranger Things and mm. then she got Enola Holmes so I mean like if you are an actress that age you would mm. sign up with the biggest streaming yeah. service back then back then not anymore I think Disney Plus has more subscribers dark. now yeah. is it really Really yeah, that's wow. what I saw recently. So, wow, wow, she was in God, one of the Godzilla movies, actually. She was, it. yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, Brian Cox and Jenny Slade are apparently going to be voice actors, so presumably voicing uh, the robots. robots. Um, the others presumably live action. So. Cool. Uh, more casting news: uh, Austin Butler, back from Elvis fame; Tom Hardy and Jodie Comer are joining Jeff Nichols's uh, new film called The Bi- Bike Riders. Mm. Uh, so this is apparently an original script, um, which is inspired by a book of photography, if I'm not mistaken. Speaking of oh, uh, oh. speaking of bike riders, we can hear some in the background there. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all planned out. I got. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not inspired by a book of photography. It's a book called by the bike riders with photography by Danny Leon. 
I assume he's someone famous. But it's a, an original story set in the 1960s of a fictional Midwestern motorcycle club. Cool. Yeah, the, the Jeff Nichols films, like, I quite enjoyed... I didn't love his last one, but... Uh, was it the last one? Midnight something. They're quite slow, but they, they they always look beautiful and they've got some... Quite thoughtful. So, yeah, I'll probably, mm. probably give that a will if it gets uh, good reviews. Maybe I'll wait for, maybe I'll wait for streaming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've really come I've really come down on that film in the last minute. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Not even one minute, Colin. No, it's it's like ten, the sentence after. Can't, can't wait for this film. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, this was the film, I think, that he dropped out of Quiet Place spin-off to, to yes, make. Yes, yeah. he did. Um, Zazy Beats is in talks for the Joker sequel, which is coming out uh, in October 2024, and got some kind of really... Uh, pointless teaser video thing by Lady Gaga by Lady Gaga which has got silhouettes of her in Working Phoenix except I imagine it's probably just someone drew them um, and it is confirmed to be called uh, Folie Adieu which I think yeah. I don't know if that was a rumour before that was confirmed but that's that's what it's going to be um, so yeah Zazie Beats of course uh, was in the previous one as the, the, the neighbour yeah neighbour who uh, spoilers for Joker um, was his girlfriend until it turns out it was basically just in his imagination yep um, there's some casting news uh, I usually don't uh, there's some casting news Peter Dinklage is joining the Hunger Games prequel uh, Adam Scott is joining Madame Webb um, and oh, oh yeah that's interesting yeah uh, Idris Elba uh, is teaming up with uh, director David Lynch who made the recent bullet train for a new spy thriller called Bang which is an adaptation of another comic book. It's quite common nowadays. A lot of graphic novels adaptations recently. A yeah, lot of them. especially the, on Netflix as that's, well. That's where the future is. Mm. Hmm. You thought, Zijan, that we'd had enough uh, cop teams up with dog films. <laughs> um, apparently, there's a film called K9. I don't know it. I do know Turner and Hooch. I also know there was a, I think, fairly short-lived Disney Plus series of Turner and Hooch. Um, but Dave Bautista, never a man to turn down a, uh, a cop teams up with someone unexpected role, um, is uh, in talks for Unleashed. You might remember him in Stuber, cop teams up with cab driver, and in that one where he teams up with his daughter, that I can't remember the name of. This time he's teaming up with a dog. Two wow. dogs, I think. I think there's a, um, there's a dog that can sniff out crime and then it dies and he teams up with a new dog. Seems to be the way this is going. Good work, Dave. Well, good at him, though. Like, I mean, wrestling actors, uh, wrestling stars trying to break into acting mustn't be must be quite difficult, yeah. I would say. I do. Like, yeah, I do love that. Um, he was once asked, I think it was in a like official panel or something, like, "Would you do a Fast and Furious movie?" And he says, "No, I like to do good movies," um, <laughs> which which is funny. And he has done some really good movies, but he's also done a lot of garbage. <laughs> mm. I think, and maybe Unleashed is going to be a great, great film. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, my last bit of news is that Omar Sai is to lead uh, a John Woo remake of The Killer. And The Killer uh, was a Hong Kong film, I believe, um, where a hitman who accidentally blinds an innocent woman and then becomes determined to get her the medical treatment she needs while completing one last job. One last job. Okay. Yeah. Classic. I don't know that film, but uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I've not seen John Woo do anything for a while. No, it's been a while. I don't, this is a remake as well, so I don't. Mm. I think that he is directing it either. So oh, the, oh, the original was his, was it? Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. okay. Uh, cool. 
Uh, I've got nothing else, so let's move on to To See or Not to Z, where we talk about films we've recently seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not Z them. Zijan, mm-hmm. yep. what have you been watching? I saw DC League of Super Pets. Did you know? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? It's animation. Well, I was tempted to do it. I've not, I haven't, but um, should yeah. I, I guess? Tell, you like- tell us about DC League of Super Pets. So the thing is, right, DC animation has been decent. You know, it's probably one of the better things that comes out from DC's production yeah, studios. Yeah. You t- enjoyed Teen Titans Go to the Movies. I certainly did. Great movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and lots of... I know you have lots of... You've seen lots of DC animated films as well. Um, I have seen three, maybe. You saw Hush, didn't you? I saw Hush. I saw The Killing Joke. I saw Mask of Phantasm. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, so DC League of Super Pets follows uh, Crypto, who is the pet dog of Superman. You can see where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> who teams up with uh, shelter dog Ace um, and other animals to rescue several captured superheroes from Lex Luthor. So these animals... Uh, so Crypto, the pet dog of Superman, has uh, Superman's powers, really, basically. Yeah, yeah because he's from uh, Krypton. Uh, How did he get to Earth? Oh, that comes at the beginning. He snuck into it uh, on the same spaceship as Superman when he was a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've got, I've, got, I've got a lot of questions. I've got a lot of questions go about okay, okay, go on, go on, like Crypto the Superdog. Yes. Um, so, dogs obviously age a lot uh, faster than humans. Yes. Why Why is he still alive? <laughs> because he's a superdog. Uh, so, do, uh, does that mean that on Krypton... Dogs age slower, or does this mean that Superman ages slower on Earth as well? No one knows. He, he didn't. He aged normally. Oh, that's confusing now. Can the dogs talk to humans, or can they only talk to each other? They can only talk to each other. Okay. And is there like there's some sort of bat hound or something? Is that a thing? Oh, uh, yeah. So what happens was that a new kind of kryptonite came onto Earth, uh, uh, thanks to Lex Luthor, per usual. Um, I know. He wants to gain some superpowers from this kryptonite. But apparently, this kryptonite only gives powers to animals. Alright. So, yeah. so it's, does it give powers to crypto? No, it, it doesn't give powers to crypto, but it gives powers to a bunch of rescue animals. And does it, does it rob crypto of his, his powers like classic kryptonite does? Nope, it doesn't either. This is messed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work at all okay oh it does it's anyway well, that's, that's not what kryptonite does <laughs> anyway okay fine so a bunch of animals so it, are there any other superhero related animals is it or is crypto the only one that's a pet of of a soup of a superhero? yeah so yeah no no spoilers really so crypto is the only pet of uh, okay. superman really fine um and the other animals are basically yeah rescue animals yeah so okay. they, they were in a shelter to put it that way. But they team up together to rescue the Justice League. Excellent. From uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, no spoilers to, on whether or not they succeed in doing that. Um, no, nah, definitely not. Definitely not. Dwayne Johnson is voicing Crypto, yeah. which I was surprised by. I didn't recognize his voice uh, from that. I, the voice that I did recognize was Karen Hart, mm. who voiced uh, the bad dog, uh, Ace. Um, he's very, very obviously Kevin Hart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> doing his um, thing. Other other uh, voices are uh, John Krasinski was there voicing Superman. Uh, okay. Kate McKinnon, uh, Diego Luna, Natasha Leon, Keanu Reeves. Um, yeah. Of course. Uh, it's a, it's an okay film. Uh, I mean, it's a DC animated film. Uh, it's solid, if nothing more. But okay. Yeah, it's watchable. It's definitely watchable. watchable. And, uh, uh, I might catch it on streaming. 
Yeah. I bet there's lots of jokes about Catwoman. No, 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 nine months ago. But wow. Batman's very funny in it. I should, I, should, funny. I should be writing for these guys. <laughs> is. is Keanu Reeves Batman? Oh, I can't remember now. It could okay. be, but yeah, it's quite funny though. It's quite funny. I, I, yeah, okay. I, I did laugh at uh, some bits of it. Fine. I was, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm trying to remember what the, I, I read, um, I was reading a comic the other day. It was, oh, it was Batman Hush, in fact, uh, I think. And, it's quite it's quite a serious comic as these things go. It's quite dark stuff. Yes. And then Crypto just turns up at some point. It's like Crypto the Superlog is so dumb. And I, I realise that in continuity you kinda of, I understand why he's there, but you got just push him to the corner. Yeah, the the idea of it is a bit odd and all that, but yeah. Okay. yeah. I've also been to the cinema and I saw a bullet train that you mentioned uh, earlier. This is uh based on a Japanese book or graphic novel or something yeah as far as i'm aware yeah yeah um it's set in japan it's uh stars brad pitt uh, as an assassin who he's not an assassin uh i think he has assassinated people but he's he's been employed to steal a uh, a briefcase and just get on the train steal the briefcase get off the train uh and that's not quite how it works out um, <laughs> so it's, it's quite manic lots of uh it's quite it's a comedy um there's lots of violence there's like kind of very comedic Violence, but violence nonetheless. Uh, it's I, I've seen it described as kind of Tarantino-esque, which I don't, I'm not entirely sure is accurate, but I can see that there's definitely some uh, inspiration from that, particularly people having kind of fairly mundane conversations while killing people and this kind of thing. Um, it has uh, an excellent supporting cast, uh, some of whom are kind of spoilers, and at least one of whom is a spoiler that was revealed in the trailers. Is it Sandra Bullock? Uh, Sandra Bullock, uh, who you don't see right till the end, um, but she's, she turns up in the trailers. Uh, Jerry King, uh, I thought Aaron Taylor-Johnson was particularly good. He's very funny uh, in it. Um, and as you say, David Leach, who directed Deadpool 2, among other things. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I had a great time with it. It's, it's um, I'd say, 15 minutes too long. They kind of drag it out a little bit towards yep. the end um but yes it's it's so high energy it's it is funny it's got some great characters and yeah it just uh keeps you keeps you gripped it's not, only well only criticism other than the length would be it's one it seems to be a kind of uh cameos from people that they know uh so just people who've who've worked together on recent films or the directors work with and, and at least once or twice and I'm trying not to do spoilers, but you can probably guess who it is from the description. It, it's a kind of, hey, look, it's that guy. And that's the joke. And it got a laugh in the cinema. But it's like, well, ju- just having this actor in a film is not in and of itself funny. I, I don't. Uh-huh. Oh, forget it. Spoilers. It's Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he turns up um, <laughs> for like three seconds. And it's like, hey, it's Ryan Reynolds. Isn't that hilarious? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> also, you already did this in like... I think in one of the Fast and Furious films, and you already did this. Yeah, in, uh, Detective Pikachu. It's like Ryan Reynolds turning up. No, it's not a catch line. That's, that's, that's not a joke. Um, no, but uh, but yeah, Brad Pitt. I think it's good. But it's like Aaron Taylor Johnson. I thought was really really good. And but everyone is solid. Apart from I wasn't convinced by Jerry King, who I do like and other stuff. But maybe because she was doing an English accent, and it was it put me off a bit. Oh. Uh, it's had a little bit of criticism for not having enough Japanese characters in it. Um, which does I mean there are some because it is set in Tokyo yep. and I guess looks like the Tokyo bullet trains look um, by and large it looks great so yeah I think it's worth a watch 
Mm. Um, the public in general, I don't think just don't think agree with me because I don't think it's done brilliantly at the box office. But uh, no, that's, that's why. That's, that's the thing. I wasn't sure watching it because yeah, I, like I didn't hear great things about it, so I didn't know why I don't spend money on it. So I instead I watched uh, a flying dog. Yeah, I, I say it's a lot of fun, but I, I I don't think you're missing out too much if you wait for streaming. Cool, that's uh, to Z. two kind of uh, recommendations there. Uh, we move on to our main segment of the day, which is the top 10 films beginning with the letter I. We've, uh, as ever, I've put it out on Facebook. Um, we've had 35 suggestions, so it's not as many as we sometimes have, but that means we will give it a bit more time to um, to look into each one. I think uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident that my number one is still number one as well. I am entirely confident it's not. Um, is it not? Well, maybe you'll surprise me, but I'd be—I would be amazed if like, this oh. is number one. Um, okay, maybe it's that thing now. Hold on. Okay. Uh, although I think probably my my two, three, four, five could all be the same as yours. But um, yeah, or, or rather, uh, yeah. So ZZ and I have made our own top tens as we always do. We'll be scoring those points ten to one. Uh, various other people have suggested films that we will give one point each for. There is some controversy coming up very early on. Um, <laughs> in the list suggested by our listeners. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, Zijan, why don't you kick yeah. us off with your 10th favourite film beginning with the letter I? Yeah, it's always the... When we always go through this and we always discuss the same thing as well, the last the last few are always a little bit tricky to place. Um, yep. And sometimes they are just fillers. Yeah, okay. I think 10 is a solid film. Uh, it's definitely better than some of the other films beginning with I that I've seen, like <laughs> Interstellar. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, yeah. you, you don't often lead with a, a, this. a film that you didn't like. <laughs> so, yeah, take that, Interstellar, which um, has had one vote, in fact. I know, from Fraudy. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. so this will join uh, Interstellar with the one point anyway, because I know you probably wouldn't vote for this. It's uh, It, Chapter 1. Okay, it's chapter one, one point. Uh, this is... Uh, the most recent... Yeah. Well, uh, it's a recent adaptation. It's not the one uh, where which if, uh, what's his name? Tim Curry uh, as Pennywise. Yes. That was the original one. Which was one. a TV series or miniseries, I think. Yeah, yeah so this was already, uh, this is the latest one where... And this is part one because uh, I've seen chapter two as well. Mm. It's just not as good as the first one um, with all the child actors. I thought chapter two just... Um, just lost it a little bit at the end. But uh, yeah, I thought each chapter one was really good. Uh, I'm not a big fan of horror films, but it surprisingly was very gripping, very scary. Clowns are horrifying. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Clowns are really horrifying. But yeah, it was done It was done really, really well. Like, honestly, child actors are just incredible. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's probably one of the better Stephen King adaptations recently, to be fair. Yeah, um, but yes, we, we've had a bit of a Stephen King renaissance that maybe is on its way out. I don't know. I think so, yeah. Mm. It's just that all his recent films hasn't been doing well, apart from the Eat films. They all mm. came back because of this film. Like, yeah. I think the recent, uh, was it, there was Pet, Pet Cemetery. Cemetery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they all came back because of Stranger Things, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. The Dark Tower wasn't well oh, received yeah. either. That yeah. was really bad. That was Idris Elba as well, and he couldn't save and it. Matthew McConaughey, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, who knows where this will go. Is it going to be it Chapter 3 or are they done? No, that's it. That's it. They've finished the books. So, uh, yeah. 10th uh, one for me is actually a film I only saw yesterday, uh, which uh, leapt into my top 10, replacing what um, 
I, I did have In Time there, which I, I, I know a lot of people don't like, but I thought it was really gripping. Uh, but it's a film uh, starring Nicolas Cage and Bridget Fonda. It's a 1994 uh, romantic comedy drama called It Could Happen to You, which I didn't really know anything about, but it popped up on Netflix. And uh, I have a certain affection for rom-coms of the 90s, or a lot of films of the 90s. I mean, this is before I was really watching a lot of films, but it, it kind of takes me back to my childhood a bit, and I, I just like seeing these things. But... Um, I don't really relate to rom-coms in the early 90s, though. Like, a lot of things just don't resonate with me that well. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Yeah. So, so it finds a bit weird to, yeah, I think to it's, that. Okay, I, th- I think it's, I mean, it's not just rom-coms. Really. I, I think it's something about the kind of soundtracks and the kind of uh, uh, shots and production. I think, oh, this takes me back. Ah, um, uh, okay, Rather okay, than yeah. necessarily the characters or the, or the stuff. But, uh, yeah, so Nicolas Cage um, plays a police officer who... Um, who tells a waitress that he will, if he wins the lottery, he'll share his winnings with her, and she's like, "Yeah, whatever," um, because he didn't have enough money for a tip, uh, and then wins the lottery, and then uh, we'll see what ensues thereafter. Uh, Bridget Fonda is not one of the Fondas that I was particularly familiar with, um, so related to the Jane Fonda, Henry Fonda, Peter Fonda uh, group. Uh, and married to Danny Elfman, I discovered whilst looking up this film, which I had no idea. Uh, but yes, it's it's kind of odd to see Nicolas Cage uh, in a role that is pretty straight down the line. He, he doesn't go manic, he doesn't go crazy, he's just playing this... this um, yeah, I say it's kind of a romantic comedy drama, so he's just playing this uh, romantic lead, uh, which he does well. So yes, oh. uh, I thought it was really sweet. So, uh, it also has uh, a young-ish Stanley Tucci, um, way before he hit it big, and others, others in a in a strong cast. Um, my number nine, moving on, uh, is in the heat of the night. Mm. Uh, probably yeah, in remembrance of the late Sydney Porter who passed away early this year as well. Poitier, Poitier, yeah, yep. who passed away early this mm. year. Yeah. yeah, it's we we saw this in uh, Look Back in Oscar uh, about uh, a black detective trying to help out a very racist small town. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it was it was good. It was a really, really good film, uh, especially for his day and age as well. Uh, it ages quite well, which say, mm. which says something about, I mean, given all the old films we've been seeing recently, that doesn't quite happen all the time. Uh, yeah, no, Sydney Poitier is fantastic in this, and, and it's shot really beautifully. Yes, um, it is. It really yeah. is. And in fact, it is also my number nine. So, uh, hey! So there you go. Good. You don't have to speak much now. Ah, oh, my yeah. number eight. <laughs> My number eight is uh, Iron Man. Okay. Numero uno. Um, I was considering putting the other two Iron Man. Well, actually, no, I wasn't even considering putting Iron Man 2 in it. Because no. <laughs> that was awful. Uh, uh, Iron uh, Man 3 was okay, but it was, it was just... The ending was just a bit... Oh, uh, it was just way too many things happening in the end. Uh, it was nice to see all the Iron Suits and all that, but... Yeah, all the... Yeah, I didn't really care much for it. And... Yeah, so Iron Man 1 comes in here. Um, maybe it's because um, I'm putting it in because of, you know, what it has done for the whole, you know, for cinema, really. Maybe mm. maybe more for that than the film itself. But on, on its own, like, I don't think the Marvel cinema, Cinematic Universe would exist if Iron Man wasn't as big a hit as it was. No. Uh, and Robert, not, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. not yeah, being as great as he was as Iron Man. So, yeah. Yeah, I think absolutely. It's a film that at the time I thought, yeah, this is okay. Um, but it was it was done very well, and and it it kind of set up this template, which for better or for worse, a lot of the other films followed. Mm. Um, 
Uh, and in fact, my number eight is Iron Man three. I, I again, I, I considered putting Iron Man in, but um, Iron Man three, I think, is is the best of the Iron Man films. Yeah. It's I, I do agree with you. The ending is not brilliant, so the, the, the final act is much weaker than the other two. But I think it's you get to see a lot more about Tony Stark. You get to see that yes. character, his interactions. Uh, I think it's a really strong uh, performance that is more about yeah. I mean, dealing with post traumatic stress um, yep. from from. Uh, well, I'm in New York, and yeah, you get to get really un- under the armor, as it were. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think I was tempted with Iron Man, but I thought no, Iron Man three. Put that in. Oh, not bad, not bad. We're, we're matching one for we're, one. We're oh. doing quite similar. Uh, similar <laughs> so far, yeah, I mean, even so far. My, my 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 tenth on the list even had the same first word as your tenth. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think yeah. In- yeah, yeah, it's going to be quite similar at the top as well. I think you're uh, all right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. My my number seven is the Imitation Game. Okay. Um. So this is one of the few films which is very rare for me as well to have I've seen twice. Uh, Ooh. Okay. More more than once. Yeah. It's, it's quite rare, especially for something that's not like a blockbuster like Spider Man or like the Avengers, which I definitely saw more than once. Um. Yeah. But I definitely saw the Imitation Game very recently. Uh, again. Um. And. Partially because I've just been to Bletchley Park myself. Uh, it's not that far from where oh, I live. Yeah. So that, that brought me my, uh, you know, it poked up my interest to watch it again. And yeah, it's actually a very, very solid film. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is uh, very good in here as uh, Alan Turing. Um, and it's such a great story. It really is such a great story about mm. breaking codes back in um, back in World War Two. It's just incredible, like the amount of work that they did on that. And I think it's partially, yeah, it's probably because I've been to Bletchley Park and actually mm. learned about the history that adds to adds to the second watching a lot, but it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's a film I've only seen once at the cinema. I, didn't, I haven't seen it since. And I, I, I remember enjoying it at the time, but also that it was a bit formulaic. And we just had um, yep. the Theory of Everything around the same time, yes. which I think um, had a lot in common with, which I, I preferred the Theory of Everything. Uh, because of the love story, I mean, I do love the love story, but I thought uh, Eddie Redmayne was and Felicity Jones are both absolutely fantastic in that. And I'm not the world's biggest Kieran Knightley fan, so ah. um, I mean, she's fine, but I, I don't think she added too much to this. But yeah, yeah fair enough, good film. Um, next for me uh, is I Capture the Castle, which is obviously based on the book, which is one of the books I've read in my uh, when I'm reading through the most most of the um, BBC. Uh, big read top 100 yeah so you recommended uh, it to me and I've read it as well awesome have you seen the film no not seen the film so it's not on my list fair enough it's 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 a fairly um, uh, faithful adaptation in in um, plot but also in spirit I think because there's a really beautiful uh, beautiful spirit to the book it's it's about a family that lives in a castle um, but they're very poor or at least that poor uh, Bill Nye plays the father who once had a very successful book but hasn't done anything since um, and the daughters are trying to make their way in the world in very different ways um, my brother whenever Henry Cavill is brought up just mentions that, he, um, that he's bad in this film which he's not great in this film I think it was one of his first roles he's, he's become yeah. a lot better since uh, I'm trying to remember who plays the lead and because uh, uh, Rose Byrne uh, plays one of the sisters um, I'm just going to look it up now. I'll cut this bit out, maybe, or maybe I won't. Who knows? <laughs> uh, it was oh, Romola Garai, of course. It was. Um, he plays the Cassandra, the main uh, okay. sister. Yeah, lovely book, uh, lovely film. Really, really done very nicely, uh, based on Dodie Smith novel. Um, yeah, uh, if you like the book, which you do, 
Yes, I, I do. Uh, I would recommend checking out the film. Yep. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the book. Yeah, the 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 this, the synopsis at the back of the book doesn't do the book justice. I would say. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's definitely much better written than the synopsis could give it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember the synopsis, but you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> the the way it's described at the beginning, I was like, uh, why is this? This looks sound. This sounds so weird that no, it sounds as you say in the. I think in the one your reviews, it sounded very twee. That it could be way mm. too twee. But it yeah, didn't. I think that's um, that, yeah. No, that's true. That's absolutely true. I think if, yeah, it's one of those ones. That if you hear the the plot line, you think, oh, that sounds awful. But yeah, no, it's it's very beautifully done. Yeah, uh, my number six is a film that I've mentioned before, and no, probably won't be on your list. But it's Infernal Affairs, mm. which is the original The Departed, which Hollywood stole from and won an Oscar for. Uh, it certainly is. Um, I well, you, you talk about it a bit, but this is where some of the controversy comes in. Yeah, you've seen it, right? Because uh, I know. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Yes. Yeah, ah. yeah. so yeah, Infernal Affairs is um the Hong Kong film, uh, which uh, stars um uh, Andy Lau, and Tony Leung, who mm. now everyone knows who was in um Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Yeah, and it's basically about two moles. One, uh, one in the in the the police force, and one in the mafia, and they're trying to out each other. Basically, yeah, that's it. Mm. Without spoiling anything, yeah. But, uh, I I love Infernal Affairs. When I first watched it, I mean, it came out way before uh, The Departed came out, and Martin Scorsese took it and won an Oscar from it. Won won his won his Oscar. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've seen I, it. So I enjoyed it. Uh, it was more. I'm not sure that I read it. Garish is the word that comes to mind, but maybe um, that's probably that sounds more critical than I mean, but more heightened, I suppose, than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, I think Hong Kong films back in those days tend to have that effect. Now, mm. um, I, I get what you mean. I do get what you mean. It's uh, I, 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 now, now that you mention it, I really do get what you mean, especially mm. since the the departed is more muted tones. Yeah, and, all that. and yeah. I saw that one first. Yeah, quite, well, yeah, I saw years before. Yeah. yeah. Okay, have you seen the sequels? No, I haven't seen any of them. No. I don't want to ruin the the first one. Fair enough. Uh, so the controversy, such as it is, is, uh, and I don't, I can't believe this hasn't come up before. Maybe it hasn't. I've forgotten. Do we go with the original title, or do we go with the uh, English title when we're talking about uh, the the letter it begins with? Huh. Made slightly harder for this one because the original title doesn't start with a letter from our alphabet. Ah, um, uh, no, so this was a controversy. This is basically. I'll I'll leap I'll leap to um <laughs> so, so so the first suggestion we got was from Katie whose wedding it is today in fact uh, as we record uh, which I'm going to mangle this but in, in French is something like intouchable um, but in English is untouchable uh, does that uh, does that go under you or does that go under I I think we have to put it under you I think so too um, for for this uh, she did not agree with me I did question this on Facebook. Um, but if we're gonna if we're gonna put infernal affairs in, I think we have to put this one under you. I'm afraid. Um, I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think, that's I think fa- everyone yeah. knows infernal affairs as infernal affairs anyway. From yeah, I mean it's over. slightly odd because there are some films with foreign titles that are probably better known by the foreign titles. Um, so into Jebla, I, I did know by that title. Although I've not, it's been on my Netflix queue forever, but I've not I've not got around to seeing it yet. So. Um, Tell you what, we'll put it under the U's, and when, when we get to doing our top 10 of you, hopefully it will be in there. So long as Katie's still your friend by then. <laughs> yeah, hopefully this 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 uh, argument won't cause a, the break of our friendship. <laughs> uh, dear. Um, fine. Uh, the next one for me is a 
film I suspect you probably haven't seen, but I could be wrong, um, which is The Importance of Being Earnest. No, I haven't. This uh, is the one with uh, Reese Witherspoon, isn't it? Yeah, very young Reese, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Colin Firth, Rupert Everett, Judy Dench, uh, Francis O'Connor. Um, it's a great it's a great cast. I think I know the story. It is Oscar Wilde, isn't it? And, yeah. Uh, and it's about a guy whose name is Ernest as well. It's a comedy, if I'm not mistaken. It's a very much comedy. I thought absolutely hilarious. One of the funniest films I've ever seen. Uh, it's the, the plot revolves around the, this girl will only marry someone if their name is Ernest. So someone lies <laughs> about his name being Ernest. It's, it's very kind of heightened, uh, but it's a very, very, very funny play, as you say, Oscar, Oscar Wilde. I think this is a beautiful adaptation of it. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's English accent is impeccable. Um, this was very, I say, very early Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Um, and she does a a wonderful job they keep a lot of the same uh dialogue from the play so it's understandably very funny um colin firth and rupert everett had this thing where apparently they hated each other in the in the previous in a film they made together previously years beforehand but apparently got on better in this one but who knows if that's true uh but yes i i i recommend this one to wild fans and uh, i had a good old time with it Mm. I should watch that. I should really catch that out. Is that on anything that I can watch legally? I have no idea. I've got it on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> so know that. Um, <laughs> so now to the top five. Yes. Uh, my number five is The Iron Giant. I, I'm surprised that's as low as that for you. I know. I know. I'm a bit torn. I could move it up higher. But this, spoilers alert, this wouldn't be the only Brad Bird animation film <laughs> in this list. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, we saw the Iron Giant on my thirtieth birthday. We did, yeah. Hide out a whole cinema. Yeah, we did. We did of, uh, of six seats, eight seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I don't think the story is um, original, especially after you know after films these days. I mean, it's really not per se, but mm. it's still very moving. Uh, mm. Still, still very moving. Uh, about uh, yeah, this giant that comes to Earth uh, and helps a little boy get through life really um still very moving to this day i would still love to watch it again hmm. uh when i get a chance uh yeah love the iron giant it's based on a book by ted hughes uh english poet but the book was called uh the iron man or maybe just iron man so i knew so little about comics in in 2007 <laughs> when this when iron man was announced i just thought well that was a ted hughes adaptation um, but obviously, Iron Man is big in America, so when they when they made this film, they had to call it Iron Giant. But yeah, I remember I remember um, being I think being read this book in school when I was maybe nine or ten. So oh, wow. uh, uh, yeah, I don't remember that much about it. I think that the film deviates quite a lot from the. Oh, from okay. The book. No, I've not read um, the book, so I can. Yeah, know. I think it's quite, from memory. I say this is going back <laughs> several decades. To, uh, <laughs> um, from memory, it's a lot shorter and doesn't have. I say a lot of things, but it's, it's about yeah, still about the the kind of the friendship between a, a boy and a, and a iron giant. So. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, Brad Bird films, then here we go. My fifth favorite is The Incredibles. Wow, uh, it's uh, wow, that's so low. Okay, that's now now that's that's uh, that's more surprising for me. Why you, is that so low? You thought that would be my number one, did you? Yes. Oh wow, because that, that's my number one. Is it? Is it? Uh, no, this was uh, this was never going to be uh, my number one. No, it's, it's a it's a great film. It's a really it's, I think it might be the strongest Pixar film, maybe yeah. outside of Toy Story. But uh, it's yeah, it's 
I mean, everyone knows what it is. It's it's a family of superheroes, and um, the superheroing is banned. So they've got to try and uh, reclimatize into the real world, but then they have uh, the the father uh, has goes off to a, one more mission, and then they all team up, and it's often cited as being the best Fantastic Four movie because uh, it's they, they literally the, have the same powers as well. Yeah, all of them do, except the the son. That's it. Uh, but yes, it's, it's a beautiful kind of family dynamic. It's it's fun. It's got it's very funny. It's got lots of very uh, memorable lines. Um, like every time I see a superhero in a cape, I think about the uh, incredible thing about a lot of superheroes being killed with capes. Uh, Brad Bird himself voices uh, Edna, um, who is the, the designer of. Oh, uh, she's hilarious. Of all fashion things, I think maybe based on Anna Winter in some ways. Um, but yes, it's it's a it's a great film. The sequel was fun but unnecessary. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, um, I did. I didn't like the sequel at all. Um, well, no, that's a lie. I I enjoyed bits of the sequel, but mm. yeah, it definitely was a waste of it. I think like, we did an episode on it, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. It's just like, yeah, why do a sequel when if you cannot make it as good as the predecessor? Mm. Well, I know why to make money, but filthy lucre. Yeah, um, it's one of the one of Samuel L. Jackson's many big budget or big uh, box office films I know yeah this is my number one um, I'm just going to talk to you about it quickly Please. anyway but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, lo- I love I love The Incredibles the music the music itself lots of jazz it's, and, and, and it's high it's just a story about family and uh, Mr. Incredible's speech to uh, Helen Mrs. Incredible at the end is also quite it's, it's quite moving I would say mm. uh, the one about him not worrying about not being strong enough to protect the family and all that mm. yeah I think it's uh, it's really really good and a, a very good villain as well, uh, which some yes. superhero yeah. films do struggle to get right. Uh, <laughs> um, other than Iron Man, uh, it's the only one in my list that uh, I have Funko Pops of. So there you go. That, mm-hmm. I don't know if that tells you anything. Cool. Uh, moving on, my number four is uh, I Tonya. Hmm. Which is a uh, we've spoken about before. I don't know whether we did a podcast on it. I don't think we did, but uh, we yeah we spoke about it before. Margot Robbie is uh, amazing as Tonya Harding, mm. the ice skater who tried to get one of her competitors' legs broken. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a stellar cast, very very good cast, very 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 good cast. Like I don't think there's any weak point in the cast whatsoever, and. Yeah, it's it's just it's just incredible film. Yeah, Paul Waterhouse was particularly good in it as, as kind of the, the dumb guy they hired to, uh, as, um, or his security guard to, who tried to break the leg, or whatever it was. Um, uh, Alison Janney got an Oscar for it. Uh, it's but it's yeah, it's this kind of uh, chronologically twisted, uh, unreliable narrator. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful film, really clever. Uh, and it is also my number four. So, nice. Uh, um, so, <laughs> so back to you. Uh, my number three, I was torn between putting this at number two or number three. Mm-hmm. But I've decided to put it at number three because uh, it's In the Heights. Okay. The film we saw yesterday, uh, uh, not yesterday, not yesterday, last year, which mm. we both love. It was yeah. the film that was supposed to bring people out of the pandemic and into the cinemas. It was a celebration of um, immigration. Celebration of love, celebration of community in uh, getting mm. together, and celebration of Lin Manuel Miranda's very very good music, mm. um, which I still listen to at this day. Um, uh, it's an incredible film. It was snubbed at the Golden Globes, not even nominated for a 
best insane. musical, which is, insane. Uh, yeah. which is, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, I, I didn't want to put it at number two, partially because I know they mixed up the, the order of the songs. So okay. the, the middle bit just felt a little bit off, like in mm. terms of the yeah. plot pacing, um, I would say. But overall, it's just such a good feel good film. Like, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's a phenomenal cast. I mean, m- almost all unknowns, or at least unknown um, to the cinema going public. Maybe some of them were known on stage. I think Anthony Ramos had uh, had played uh, Hamilton, hadn't he? So I guess he was known to some. Uh, but yeah, fun- I, even this morning, was I was walking to shops, I was listening to uh, In the Heights uh, soundtrack. I think so, so. So many of them. I hope break like Benny, Sonny. Uh, I, yeah, I hope they break through because they. Yeah, I love this film so much. And spoilers, it is my number two. Um, yeah. Um, but number three for me, um, which I, I think two, three, four, kind of I've moved them around a couple of times. They could have yeah. come in any order, but um, number three for me is Inception, um, which is everyone knows what it is. It's Christian Nolan doing dreams and dreams and dreams. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, is is the lead? It's it's a great cast. It's a it's a beautifully shot film. It's back when Christopher Nolan was still doing good films, good films, and films that made sense and weren't complicated for the sake of it. Yeah. So it's it's complex but understandable. And his films are now just uh, the opposite. Ugh, They're kind yeah. of taking a simple thing and making it nuts. Uh, but yeah, this is this is really nicely done. Uh, I th- I loved it when I first saw it. I still love it now. Same. Um, yeah, Inception is beautiful. Uh, it's so beautiful. Like I, I still look at the way that he screened, like the the flipping room scene mm. with uh, Jordan Go- uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that that scene. Like when 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 they actually built that whole thing, it looks it's so incredible. Like uh, I love the concept of it. Um, and obviously the the twist ending at the end as well. Um, I kind of saw it coming in a way, but still. Well, the 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 uh, debatable ending. Yeah, yes. I, I like the ending. I think the yeah. ending made sense. I think it was it made sense for the film. Yeah, I do like the um, way it's it's it leaves you kind of to make your own decisions about some of, some of what's happening there. Yeah. So yeah, clearly, Colin, this is my number two inception. I, I we shared the it same, would be yeah. Okay. We share the same two, three, four, and um, you know my number number one is as well. You know, your number one. So we've only got one film left. Um, it is definitively uh, the best movie. Well, in fact, this list will prove that, <laughs> prove that it's not. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I, yeah, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, it's either this or The Incredibles. And yeah. then, yeah, I have not seen It's a Wonderful Life. It's, uh, so good. Jimmy Stewart, um, plays, uh, George Bailey, a banker who uh, feels everything is going wrong for him. So he, um, tries to kill himself and then, well, wants to kill himself. And then before he does that, uh, Claude, who was an angel who's or trying to get his wings, comes and shows him what life would be like if he had never been born, which is what he was saying. Uh, at the time, it wasn't a huge hit. Uh, I think it was deemed as being a little bit uh, dark. I mean, it is very dark to begin with, but it's uh, it's a beautiful celebration of the impacts we have on, on other people, on, on just being a good man. Uh, it's a Christmas classic, and, it's a, uh, and if you're listening, Ed, it's a great film. Um, I was arguing with my friend Ed about this yesterday. So, okay. Um, 
there you go i i think i'm going to try and fit everything in because i don't want to push stuff too far back um so let's rattle through this list i did promise we'd spend more time on it but that seems like it was a lie um so katie and adam have both said intouchable a film which is not going to make the list um <laughs> uh, james has said independence day uh, which i've only seen once i think it's okay uh, yeah it's fine good good spectacle um adam slightly tongue-in-cheek has said i know what you did last summer uh, in fact i think he said i bet this one still holds up in, in a sort of sarcastic way it's not the worst slasher film out there no 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 uh and he's also put a vote in for infernal affairs uh judy who quite often goes for older films um has gone for indiscreet which i feel i don't know um, but it stars Cary grant and uh, ingrid bergman which sounds like a good team up so uh hopefully i get to it at some point uh, my brother Simon has gone for I Capture the Castle and Die Tonya. He's also suggested two films called Iris, um, one of which is the Judy Dench starring uh, biopic of Iris Murdoch. And the other one is a documentary of Iris Apfel, who I don't know who that is. No. Um, and he's also gone for Itafak, which is a Bollywood film, and he's, he's really got into Bollywood recently. Oh, nice. So there you go. Uh, Lucy has gone for Inception, Independence Day, uh, The Italian Job, presumably the original, which... Has got some great moments, but as an entire film, I'm not convinced still entirely holds up. Uh, have you seen Italian Job? No, I don't think I've seen that before. At one point, they just drive up on the roof of, of this weird building and drive around that for a bit, and it looks cool, but it's like, I don't know why you're doing this. Uh, and she said all the Iron Man films, so. Um, I <laughs> even get, Iron Man 2. Even oh. Iron Man 2, apparently. I get what she's doing there, but. Hmm. Uh, another vote for I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> Oddly, um, Lucas said, uh, so that's from Andy C. Uh, Lucas said, The Ipcris File, which is a film I've not got around to watching. Uh, Michael Caine, I think. And Irreversible, which I'm assuming the English name is Irreversible. So um, that works. Uh, so that's fine. He said it's a bloody, brackets, pun intended, uh, hard watch. Maybe he said no pun intended, but I assume it's a horror film. I've never heard of it. Uh, Rob went for Into the Wild, which Into I... Into the Wild. It's about a guy kind of, I've not seen this, so I'm basing this on the trailer that I saw many years ago, but I think a guy who just goes off into the wild, kind of a bit like Reese Witherspoon did in Wild, I suppose. Okay. Maybe. Um, Eve has gone for Indiana Jones. I assume she means the first one. Okay. Um, and it's a slight, again, slightly controversial because it was released as Raiders of the Lost Ark. But uh, I think well, it has, yeah, I'm sure you can give her that. Yeah, I think it has been re-released as Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. So yeah. That's uh, Danny has gone for Invictus. Good film. Yeah, that's the one with Morgan Freeman, right? Morgan Freeman, yeah. Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, Karen has gone for Ice Age, a film that even though I haven't seen, I still hate. Uh, <laughs> um, Dave Park Frown, your friend, my friend, uh, podcast uh, regular, has uh, gone for Christopher Nolan Triple Bill of Insomnia, Inception, Interstellar. Some are better than others. Some are definitely better than others. Um, my friend Jack has said, in the heat of the night, um, he's gone for Il Divo, which, is, based on our not accepting films in their original language title, is out. And I don't know it anyway. Um, and I, Daniel Blake, a film I haven't seen, but uh, it's about a guy on uh, benefits who makes a stand. Uh, uh, Pete has gone for Indiana Jones as well. Uh, John Kingsley has gone for Insidious, which is a, a horror film. Horror film, yeah. Uh, another vote for It. Also a horror okay. film. Mm-hmm. And your friend, my friend Maria, has gone for In Bruges, which was a yeah. film I didn't really like, to be honest. Me uh, neither. I've seen it and I thought, is this supposed to be a comedy? 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll do that. Eight, nine, ten, which uh, means I can do the top ten. Um, I know what our top one is. It's a tie. Uh, yeah, well, is it? The joint, what's that? Joint eighth <laughs> yep. uh, is The Importance of Being Earnest, five points from me. Uh, I Catch the Castle, four points from me, one point from Simon. And In the Heat of the Night, um, which got three lots of votes, um, all with five points. Uh, then we have joint uh, sixth is Infernal Affairs and The Iron Giant. Uh-huh. Uh, with six points bit of a jump now for the top five um, in fifth place robbed cruelly cruelly robbed the greatest <laughs> film on this list um, <laughs> it's a wonderful life ten points for me <laughs> nothing from anyone else um, <laughs> then a bit more of a leap um, to the top four we've got 15 points for I, Tonya uh, we both put it fourth and Simon gave it a vote um, just ahead of that is The Incredibles with 16 points uh, just ahead of that uh, is In the Heights. You and I both love it. Uh, but leading the way, the best film beginning with the letter I, uh, according to this, um, you say it was a tie between us, but it, it got two extra points from uh, from Dave and someone else. That's true, I forgot, yeah. That's um, right. It's the film Inception. Um, Lucy was the other one. Um, it gets to the top with 19 points. Definitively the best film beginning with the letter I. It's, it's a good top five, though. This is a great... I mean, I, I did wonder about I, but that's a great list. That's a, yeah. That's a very good list. Yeah. We did it. We did yes. it. Um, I'm gonna, I think, let's, let's talk very briefly about A Man of Four Seasons because I don't want to push it back for another month. What? I can, we can stop watching the bridge or over real quiet. I'll just cut some stuff. I'll, I'll just cut out everything you say. And then no, we'll, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, a Man of Four Seasons, Zijan. Directed and produced by Fred Zinnemann and adapted by Robert Bolt from his play of the same name. Um, it depicts the final years of Sir Thomas More, the 16th century Lord Chancellor of England who refused to sign a letter asking the Pope to annul Henry VIII of England's marriage to Catherine of Aragon, the very, very famous divorced mm. wife, um, and the very famous reformation of the church, right? Basically, mm. isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. And so Paul Schofield, who played Thomas More on the stage uh, also took a role in the film, starring alongside Wendy Hiller, Robert Shaw, Susanna York, and Orson Welles. Mm. He won the Academy Awards for Best Picture at the 39th Academy Awards, and the cast and crew won another five, including Best Director and Best Actor. Yeah, he's not really known for film roles. As you say, he's, he's a very, very uh, famous stage actor, I think, at the, at the time. Uh, have you seen anything else with Orson Welles? Was this your first Orson Welles film? I- I think I may have seen something else somewhere. I'm was pretty it, sure this isn't the first one. Have you, seen the, tra- one. have you seen the Transformers movie from the 80s? <laughs> no. That was his last role, was voicing maybe Optimus Prime? Voicing someone. Definitely not that, but no, no. Uh, let me let me Google what you talk about, what you think, okay. what you think about the film. Yeah, so uh, this I, it's a period of history that I have covered in school, but don't know brilliantly. So... Um, Something like Thomas Cromwell will come up and I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I vaguely know. And if you've read the Wolf Hall series, I think this covers similar ground. I, I haven't, so it's quite um, popular at the moment. Uh, as a Christian, it was it was uh, an interesting film to watch because I think there's a general assumption that everyone is a Christian at this this point in, in time. But yeah. Thomas More has his very strongly held beliefs that this, as you say, this marriage should not be annulled, and, and uh, he's persecuted because of that. Um, and yes, these, some of the kind of Church of England versus Catholic versus Lutheran things are, are still played out today, I suppose, in, in different places. But uh, as a story of someone who is holding to his principles, despite the effect it has on him, 
and his friendships and his family. Uh, I think that stands the test of time and, and stands all different scenarios. So you don't, you don't need to be a Christian to, in, to enjoy this, I would, I would say. Um, mm. If I would criticise it, I would say he's maybe a little bit too perfect as a character. <laughs> I mean... There's, yeah, there's I know a, what you mean. He's kind of this saintly guy and everyone around him is treacherous or, or doesn't understand how great he is and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, which I kind of... If it wasn't based on a true person, it might be a bit different, but I, I don't know how true that is of Thomas More. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think he's a wonderful actor. The, the, the dialogue he has of it, some of it is absolutely brilliant. And it feels quite like... It does feel quite stagey, not in the, the setting. I think they, they manage that very well, but in some of the, the dialogue and interaction feels quite like a speech in a play. Uh, but that's not a criticism. I think there's some beautiful dialogue in this. Hmm. I, I, I enjoyed this film. And like you, I didn't know much about the history of uh, Thomas More um, at all. Like in, in Malaysia, we learned some uh, some history, world history. Um, mm. But not, I, I know about Reformation, but uh, not not the details about it. So yeah. uh, coming into this, yeah, um, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was surprisingly pretty good. Uh, I wasn't quite sure it at the beginning because, mm. like, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. But I think he managed to do a good job with sticking to his beliefs without coming off as too sanctimonious or preachy, which is quite hard to do mm. uh, with someone, as you say, for a character with such you know, great infallibility. Really, he mm. can't fail in anything, <laughs> which is hard mm. to do to be likable and yet be flawless in every way. And yet, um, and yet, I manage it daily. Um. <laughs> I like how you managed to squeeze that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not cutting that out. Uh, yeah, and he's, I'm very clever as well. I, I think some of the scenes I like best where he's kind of being interrogated and just he's tripping everyone up on there uh, yeah, with, with logic. And, yeah, I, I think that's that's very nicely done. I love the court scene myself. Yeah, that was very it's good. Incredible. Yeah. Also, a young a young John Hurt as Richard Rich. Um, nice. Who, uh, that that name is just that name was just threw me off at the beginning. Like, why? Why? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the few people not called Thomas, so that's the uh, <laughs> that was nice. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's another 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 Oscar-winning film ticked off. Um, next time we do look back on Oscars, Ijan, uh, in a month's time, uh, what are we? What are we, I mean, you've already told us, but uh, I've spoiled it. Yeah, Bridge Under River Kwai. It's apparently very long. It's very long. I've never seen it, but uh, this will be a first for me. Um, Next time, well, let's jump to the quiz. Um, yeah. I think you have a three-point lead this year, maybe. I do. Uh, and we're quizzing on Dayton and Farris, um, who wrote Little Miss Sunshine, Ruby Sparks, and Battle of the Sexes. And um, something else that I thought was a film, but in fact is a TV series. So, <laughs> um, I will kick us off. Who won the best original screenplay for Little Miss Sunshine? And that's Michael Arndt, right? Correct. Uh, question one. What was the make of the vehicle used for the road trip in Little Miss Sunshine? Uh, it's Volkswagen. There is a Volkswagen. Is that enough? Good. Yep. Excellent. Cool. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of Little Miss Sunshine, uh, in that movie, the family drives to California from which state? Ooh. Oh, I can't remember this. I'm going to guess Utah? You're not far off. Uh, New Mexico. Oh, okay. Which doesn't yeah. feel like that long a drive, but everything's huge in America. So it's 800 yeah, exactly. miles, I think, but it looks quite close on a map. Uh, number two, the character Stan Grossman in Little Miss Sunshine is a tribute to the same character with the same name in which Coen Brother film? Ooh, I have no idea. Uh, the Big Lebowski. Fargo. All right. 
Okay. Um, Question three. Which actor who had a recurring role in Friends plays Dr. Rosenthal in Ruby Sparks? (sighs) So many actors have recurring roles in Friends. That's true. Who who does he play? Sorry? Dr. Rosenthal. Uh, You've seen this film. I've not seen this film. I have, but I've not seen this in like 12, 13 years and I really want to watch it again actually because I remember it being pretty good. I is don't, that, I don't is, remember him being in it, to be honest. Is Dr. Rosendahl a he or she a he? Uh, he. he yeah. I know he has a brother played by Chris Messina, but I don't think he's the doctor. Because I saw the trailer for it. All right. Uh, just to prep, prep myself for this, but... No. I'm just going to go with Chris Messina, because that's the only name I can think of right now. Uh, apart from Paul Dano. Uh, Elliot Gold. Well, no, I wouldn't know that. Uh, question three. Name one real-life tennis player who came out in Battle of the Success. Ooh. Um, now, I did read the names of the tennis players, but I'd never heard of them, and I did not commit them to memory. Um, as far as your name, one. Yeah. So I don't think there's anyone famous um, no. to someone like me who doesn't follow tennis. So um, something like uh, uh, Nicola Heslet. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> you could choose <laughs> between Winspedia... Chris Ebert, Caitlin Christian, Ashley Weinhold. Yeah, no one that we... Chris Evert was in it. I know her. Yeah. Chris Evert, yeah. That's all right. Uh, in which decade was Battle of the Sexes set? <sighs> this is annoying because <laughs> I can't remember. I know it's 1973. That's the year. Okay, which decade is 1973? I, I hate that, I call it. <laughs> I just, what? No, is it the, it's the 80s, right? The 70s. 70s? Because I know sometimes you just go backwards. But is that year? Is that is that period? It's a period oh, from right. 1970 to 1979. Oh, I see. It's the 70s. You know, yes. I, yeah, okay. you know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes it goes like, uh, yeah. I, yeah, okay. No, 70s is fine. Yes, correct. 70s Sorry, is I, fine, I, I, right? That wasn't, that wasn't intended to be a, a trick question. Uh, yeah, no. Cause, oh, yeah. Because like the 20th century is from 1900 to 2000. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, so uh, okay. I get confused with... Right, like, fine. Does that, mean, does that make sense? Does that make I, sense? I see what yeah. you mean, but no, correct. Uh, uh, 70s is fine. It's correct. Yeah, I got you the, the exact year anyway, so you, that's... You should, well, it starts in 1970 and then moves on to 73. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, in Ruby Sparks, Kelly named his dog Scotty. After who? Ooh. Uh, the guy from Star Trek. No, F. Scott Fitzgerald. The, uh, All right. It's, been, <laughs> I thought, it's a long time since I've seen this film. What? I thought you saw, I saw, I thought you saw this recently. That's why you saw you went on a Zoe Kazan... Uh, Ruby Sparks? Yeah. No, I've not seen this in... Sorry, in 15 years, maybe? Oh, no. Maybe I should have toned down my question. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you saw it recently. That's why I was like, right. oh, okay. No. Um, no. No. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, question five. What is the name of the novel Calvin Weir feels right towards the end of Ruby Sparks? Uh, the Girlfriend. Correct. And question five. Which father and son duo starred in Battle of the Sexes? You can come up, give me the last name, that's fine. I had no idea. Um, there was a father-son duo in this. Um, I love this film. I've only seen it once, but I thought it was great. Uh, the only person I can remember starring in it is Steve Carell, so let's, let's assume his dad was in it as well. Carell is the answer. <laughs> uh, Pullman, Bill and Lewis Pullman. All oh, right, okay. Uh, well, a comprehensive victory for you there. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, next time... 
I will we, be here. Next time you'll be here. Um, do you have a quiz topic for us in a month's time? Or, or no. No, fine. Uh, so next time you won't be here. My brother Simon will be making a glorious return to the podcast where we will be talking about twins in film. This uh, this might be the Zoe Kazan you're thinking of because I did re- relatively recently watch a film where she played twins um, uh, called The Pretty One. That will definitely be coming up. Uh, he and I will also be doing an actor factor. We'll be talking about the films of Maggie Smith. And we'll be doing a quiz on the high school musical films. <laughs> so, uh, let's see how that goes. We'll miss you, Zijan, as you go off on holiday. Um, yeah. Have a great time. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye.